Hi everyone, this is Sherry Clark, and welcome to Courage to be Seen. This shows for anyone who longs to take charge of their life, to create more success, accomplish their dreams, and to live in inspiring ways to be powerfully visible and visibly powerful. I'll be sharing stories with you from my own career and experiences, from leading engineering teams for the last 20 years, and also from interactions I have been blessed to have with people I've met from around the world. I want to give you the tools, techniques, strategies, and inspiration so you can be the best you. You can achieve the success you desire, personally and professionally. Being authentic, confident, and empowered are the keys to success and the life that you want. You can have the courage to be seen. I'm Sherry Clark, and welcome to Courage BC, the show that focuses on helping you achieve the success that you desire. I will share with you tools and techniques, stories and strategies, so you can be more authentic, more confident, more empowered. These are the keys to the success that you really want to have in your life. You know, and before we get started, I encourage you to subscribe wherever you're listening to this, this podcast. Um, that way you get noticed whenever there's a new one out and you won't miss any episodes. So you can just click right there and you can subscribe and, and you get all the, the latest uh, episodes as soon as they come out. So choose joy. Have you ever seen these two words, maybe on like shirts or signs? Two simple words. Choose joy. Now, maybe you're like, I've never seen them. You think like, who would wear a shirt with choose joy? You know, the chance is it's around you. Maybe you just don't take the time to notice. You're so busy with everything that, that you're doing that you haven't even noticed that someone might have a sign up. Choose joy. Now, if you think about it, or if you've seen choose joy, what's your reaction to it? Do you even have a reaction? Maybe you're wondering why would even anyone want to wear a sign or a shirt that says, choose joy. Several years ago, I kind of had this opinion. I was at a conference and I met someone and they were all excited. They were going to write a book and they were going to help people have more joy in their life. Now, I supported them and I was encouraging them, but I was kind of like, of all the things you could write about, that's what you're going to do? Joy? Joy is such a simple thing, right? Like, I didn't really think it was all that important. Like, to me, there was much more exciting things that I would rather someone help me with. I was about adventure and achievement, accomplishment. That's what I would want someone to help me. That's the kind of book I was going to reach for. Joy? Now, luckily, over the last dozen years or so, my mind has changed. Joy is one of the most amazing things. And that's what I want to talk about today, because you have to choose joy. I want to help you have more joy in your life. And you might be saying already, like, well, I'm not so sure about this. You could be like where I was a dozen years ago and just dismiss, like, I'm not going to listen to this episode, Sherry, if you're talking about joy. But I encourage you, hang with me for a little bit. 
Find out why joy could be important in life. Find out maybe why, especially this time of year, you're not feeling joy. And is there anything that you can do about it? Because I think this time of year is holiday season. And I know some people say like, well, happy holidays as they're trying to be all inclusive. And, and that's not what I'm talking about at all. I really kind of talk about when you start at the beginning of November and you go through the end of January, early February, it really is holiday season around the world. And I've led engineering teams, you know, in so many different countries. One of my like, hobbies is trying to learn about different cultures and the different ways people celebrate holidays. So early November, you started in India with Diwali. And then you have Thanksgiving and Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's in like the U.S. and most of the world. And then you have New Year's in your Asian countries, China and Vietnam, et cetera. At um, this year, I think it's February 1st. It kind of changes a little bit. But so you can say really from from late or late October, early November, all the way through early February, someplace around the world is celebrating a holiday. Not, not every day, but close. Because in addition to all these ones I named, there's a lot of even like religious holidays and like single kind of holidays, um, bank holidays in there. And when you think about holidays, it is really all around joy. And so you could say this is not just holiday season. It is joy season. It's celebration. It's music. It's lights. It's getting people together and laughter and having fun. And at the same time, most people are falling into one or two camps. Either they're on board and they just love the season. And they love the joy and they love all the celebration. Or they say, this season is the worst time. It's anti-joy. It just stresses me out. I'm so burnt out. I'm tired. I have all this stuff to do at work. It's the end of the year. I'm overloaded. And then you put on top of it all the stress of presents and, and family gatherings and cooking and, and activities. And whoa, 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 if we could just stop, that would be more joyful. So that's that's not what we want to talk about either. So we're going to get to there because there's things you could do there because this is the time of year that, that you should be celebrating joy. So let's first talk about why is joy so important? I mean, joy, you know, a three-letter word. It's not just a shortened version of happiness because some people kind of interchange the two. Like, hey, I'm feeling joy today. I'm feeling happy today. And, and that's, that's actually not it. There are two very different things. You could say, you know, happiness is kind of like just surface deep versus joy. It's like inside of your soul. It's part of part of who you are. That happiness is kind of how you react to the things that are going on around you versus you could say joy is more like it transcends the moment. Now, I use these words intentionally, you know, like we think about your soul or transcends the moment it definitely seems more significant and that's what you want to think about when you think about joy it's your inner feelings it's not just how you react and your outward expression to what's going on around you but it's really kind of that that just heart and soul it's it's how you behave it's very intentional versus just kind of maybe what you're experience in life I like the kind of the statement of you can pursue happiness, but you choose joy. 
So that's the big difference. You have to choose joy. And so have you chosen joy in your life? I mean, think about it. You have to actually choose it. It doesn't happen. It's not something that you can just go and, hey, I'm going to listen to Christmas carols and now, now I can be joyful. That's, that's really not how it works. You have, to, you have to choose. So if you haven't figured it out now, it's much, much bigger than, than happiness. And that's probably the, the most important thing. If there's anything that I want you to think about is it's, it's bigger. And it's an important part of your life. So why, why do you care? Why, why do I care? Why am I trying to change your mind on that joy is more than happiness? So let's kind of talk about some of the qualities of if you have joy in your life. The first one is joyful people are more resilient. And if there's anything we've learned in the last two years is we need to be resilient, right? We need to be able to bounce back when things change around us when we're going through tough times that if you need to bounce back from, from sickness or issues with your job or um, maybe a death in your family, joy actually helps you get through this. When you have that joyfulness inside of you, yes, you still go through a lot of the, the bad things. And I have to admit this year, I was, I did this. My father passed away unexpectedly. And wow, it was not a happy moment. It was horrible. That doesn't mean there weren't moments of joy as a family by getting together and, and talking about memories. And that's probably the biggest difference when you think of joy and happiness is you can't be happy and sad at the same time, but it still can be a joyful experience even when there's pain and, and suffering. So, so one, number one, joy is important because you can be resilient. The second thing is health. Joyful people are healthier. That emotionally and physically, you have less stress, less heart issues. It can boost your immune system. How many times have you heard laughter is the best medicine? It's really true. Like inside of you, your body will heal itself. It has amazing powers. And that works better if you're, if you're joyful. Now, many people kind of like, Sherry, you know, I don't have time for this. I'm so busy with my career. You really want me to just focus on being joyful? Like, it seems like I should be working on getting stuff done, achieving my goals. So you'd probably be surprised that joyful people are more successful. In fact, you're 40% more likely to be promoted if you're joyful. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's what statistics show. 40% more likely to be promoted. So being too focused on your career and not prioritizing joy does not help you succeed. Yes, you need to work hard, but you need to prioritize joy also. It's just kind of like your brain works better, I think, when it's in a, in a state of joy. So, so don't dismiss this. So hopefully you're still listening and say, hey, give me a few more minutes and, and we'll get to some ways that you can be, be joyful. And the last thing of why joy is so important is joy brings about more joy. So when people are joyful, they attract joy. If one person's joyful, another person, maybe they aren't, but then they start to feel joy. And so it's kind of like it, it snowballs. It's contagious. 
And so you will attract more joyful people to your life once you choose joy. So think of joy as savoring every moment. It's, it's not this gigantic thing like your life is like instantly going to change. It's really a buildup of many small things. And that's why I'm saying you can be in a state of joy even when you're going through, through hard things. So I talked to you about, you know, like this time of year, many people say it's one of the most stressful times of year. So it's Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating is stressing you out. Before we get to things that you can do to help choose joy, I want to talk about specifically things that you could do um, to help you get through the stress right now. And then you could prioritize joy. So the first thing is I give you permission right now. If you're stressed out and you can't find joy in your life, you have permission to step back. There, you don't have to meet all these society expectations of, of the holidays and we have to do this and don't do that and, and tip this gigantic list of, of people and get this gigantic list of people, presents and stuff, you know, like all that really doesn't matter when it comes down to it in life. So just give yourself permission that, you know what, that's not the way you're going to live your life right now. If the stress that you're feeling is financial, Set a budget. It's easier once you have a budget for, for the gifts. In fact, we set a budget just for that reason to make it simpler. That way, you kind of have an idea of, oh, I should try to find gifts around this, this, this range. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Gifts actually aren't about money. It's about thinking about people. It's about spending time with people. Um, don't make it around money. So if it, is a, if it is a financial issue that's causing stress, though, feel free that, hey, here's the budget. Maybe you make homemade gifts. Maybe you, you do tasks for people. You spend time with people. There's a lot of things that you can do to show people you care about them other than to buy them gifts. Um, you know, even sending cards, handwritten notes, thank yous are all very valuable. And many times... Um, Sometimes better than some of the gifts we give just to give gifts. I hate to, to give gifts just for the sake and then they get thrown away. You know, if, if you travel and that's what's stressing you out, reevaluate do you need to travel? Maybe there's a better time. This is a horrible time because so many people have issues with weather to actually travel. So keep that in mind. And maybe this year you, you try a new, uh, new tradition and don't travel. If you're just getting jammed with everything here at the end, I recommend starting earlier. When my son was little and he was in the hospital all the time, and we spent a couple Christmases with my son in the hospital, you know, I'd get a lot of the shopping done before Halloween. And I do that intentionally because I couldn't trust that my son was going to stay healthy and I'd have time to do shopping later. And it really did help. I use Amazon and other online things a lot. I direct ship. I just pay for them to wrap gifts. It makes your life much, much simpler. The other thing is, um, you know, try to like wrap gifts along the way. I used to like to save everything to the end. I don't know if I like to look at the gifts or something. I'm not really sure, but my husband really drove. We're not wrapping gifts on Christmas Eve and started to wrap gifts like all month long, just as, as you got them. Much, much easier. Spreads out the work and reduces a lot of, of the stress. The other thing is take advantage of the moment. So the last thing I'll leave you about Christmas 
is my family, we love to just drive around, listen to Christmas music, look at Christmas lights, spend time as a family. Find those simple things like that that you can do to enjoy the moment rather than worry about all the things you have to do and all the expectations. Because like I said, I give you permission. You don't have to do any of it. Find out what works for you. And then all of a sudden that whole holiday season is better. So I want to take the rest of the time to talk about that joy is a choice. You actually have to choose it. And I want you to choose it. I want you to say, I choose joy for my life. Because if you're not finding joy, did you choose it? You have, you have to intentionally do that. So what are some ways that you can, you can choose joy? The first thing is I encourage you to, to start with yourself, right? Start to think about what can, what can you do? Now, I told you, it's kind of the small things. It's living in the moment. So what's something that you like to do? And how can you do it with more joy? So let's say you like to take a walk. When you take a walk, is it like you're going to walk a certain amount of steps? You're going to walk a certain pathway, a certain amount of time. You're getting this... Okay, I got to get this walk in. I'm going. I'm going to get it done. Check mark. I got it off the list. Or could you really savor that walk? Could you make sure that you look at your surroundings? Pay attention. Are there birds? Are there, are there leaves? What are the colors? Make sure you experience joy while you're doing that, that, that walk. Let's say you like to cook. You know, many times, like in the evening after work, right? You're just like, okay, I get food on the table. Got to feed the family. Um, what do we have to do really quick? But if you want to cook joyfully, you'll make sure to take the time, like, smell it while it's cooking. What are the sights, the sounds? You want to feel that, that food that you're cooking for others, especially full, full of love. And, and so what you want to do is how do you find joy in the things that you enjoy already doing by taking a little bit more time to do them and really under notice what's going on around you. Do you ever notice when kids play how joyful they are? And then what happens as we age? We just like stop playing. I encourage you find a way to add some playback in your life. And there's all kinds of ways you can do that. I like to play ping pong with my son. Or the other day, it was a beautiful day out. So we were playing basketball, shooting baskets. And then we were doing some dribbling and some racing back and forth. Right? That's fun. It's joyful. Too often, we don't, we don't do that kind of thing. Think about when you see you know, families getting around card tables and playing cards or Pictionary or various other games. Right? Those are the things that, um, that community and, and the laughing and, and all the joy. So... So find ways to incorporate that into your life and you'll find it just kind of, it just grows. The second way that you can choose joy is look for ways that you can help other people experience joy. You know, it can be as simple as smiling at somebody, greeting somebody, tell them good morning. Make sure you say thank you. Hold the door open for them. I like to tell people, have a great day. It's something I started many years ago. I'm not even sure when I started it. But you know what? It's 
to me, it's almost a habit. But I want people to have a great day, not a good day, but a great day. And it's interesting because initially people don't really notice that you say it, but it sounds different. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll have a great day. But that's what you want, right? You want to just have that little bit of extra, extra joy that you can add into people's life. So another thing that you can do is start a gratitude practice. Start being more thankful for all the things that, that you experience in your life. And there's many ways that you can do this. Some people like to journal and, you know, kind of like I am thankful for kind of thing. And you can journal. Some people like to take a few moments at the beginning or the end of the day and reflect on what they're thankful for. Could be thankful for like the last day, that day, the next day, whatever, whatever way it is. But taking that time to acknowledge we have so much to be thankful for. You can do it through meditation. You can do it. Through, through prayer, but you want to take that action and make sure you're acknowledging and being thankful. Another way that you can bring more joy to your life is allow yourself to dream. You know, we don't do that. Sometimes you're so practical and like this, I know I can accomplish this, or this is a reasonable thing to go after and that's what I'm going to do. But, but you, you want to expand and really dream and what can you bring into your life? I like to do the exercise of you know, if I thought it was like a year from now and I just had the best year of my life, what would have happened? Like try to describe what the best year of your life would be. What are all the things that you would do? Where's the places you would go? Who are the people that you would meet? Let yourself fill up with that. Because if we're not thinking about all the great things that could happen, maybe none of them will. So you have to dream and think, think bigger. When it comes to living joyful, we're not alone in this world. And community and connection are huge. And so we crave connection. And that's one of the things actually about COVID that's probably been the hardest thing, right? That we have limited our connection to other, other people. So I encourage you to find those connections. Choose, you know, how, how can you bring joy along with other people? I have an accountability partner. We have a call every other week. We share all kinds of things about work and about personal. And, and you have to have those people that you can reach out to to share good things. It could be friends. It could be family. Anyone that, that you need to talk to when needed, you need to develop those relationships in advance. And they can raise you up. Not people that are going to be negative and bring you down. You want to fill your life and have those connections with people that can raise, raise you up. Another area to have more joy in your life is around self-care. Too often, we don't spend enough time thinking about what we really need. Taking the time for ourselves, for our mind, for our mental health. It could be meditation. It could be yoga. It could be exercise. It could be as simple as owning a calendar and blocking out time for yourself. You know, practice saying no. I've talked about it before. Too often we just, you just say yes and we get overstressed because we're overbooked and we don't have enough time for all the things. But, but stand up and say, no, I can't do that, right? It's, it's an incredibly hard thing at times, but, but it will help you. 
in addition to self-care, think about your food choices. You know, what are you putting inside of you? Are you eating the kind of thing that make you feel good? Or is it, are you stuffing your face and, and not feeling so good, right? Live in a joyful way. Also, make sure you get enough sleep. Too often, we're just stressed out and uh, burned out on, on uh, caffeine, and that's not, that's not helping us. Now, when we do achieve or, or um, experience stress in our life, that I want you to know in advance, what are your go-to's? to help you get through that, right? We want to say, okay, I experienced this stress, but I don't want to leave or, or go away from my joyful life. So what are your go-tos? It could be music. You could know if, hey, when I listen to music, I'm going to feel better. It could be exercise. I got to go for a walk or a run or whatever, the, the gym, CrossFit, or whatever you like to do is the person that you need to call and talk to. Maybe you need some time to yourself and you're going to go to the, go to the movie. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a hobby, things like knitting or, or woodworking. Um, you can look at pictures of uh, vacations that you went to or, or wherever it might be. But, but like, know in advance, what's that go to when you have a tough time that's going to help you maintain that state of joy? Another thing that might surprise you that you can do to have more joy in your life is to set a goal and then work towards it. By accomplishing steps towards that goal, it makes you feel good, right? You can, you can celebrate. Hey, I, I accomplished this. So take that goal, break it down into steps, work towards them, celebrate as you go by taking that action. And, you know, I would tell you, start taking action tonight, whatever that might be. And you'll, you'll have more joy. And the last things I want to tell you, if you want to have more joy in your life, schedule the joy into your life. Schedule it, put it on your calendar. So think about the things that, that I talked about. It could be things that you need to stop doing or own around like Christmas so you can not feel all the stress, so you can have more joy. Or maybe you want to take this, think about this, this second list of things that I talked about and, and focus on, on them. Like what is the one thing that you can do? Maybe starting tonight or tomorrow. No later than tomorrow. But I want you to pick something. And what is that thing that you're, you're going to do and take some action? Take that small bit of action. Maybe it's as simple as tomorrow morning when I wake up, before I get out of bed, I'm going to take five minutes and I'm going to think about what I'm thankful for. That Everyone can fit that in. That's pretty small. If you say, well, I can't do that, then set your, your alarm five minutes early. Don't hit the snooze button. And take five minutes and be thankful. And you'll find that you'll be more resilient. You'll be more successful. You'll be more happy. All of a sudden, you'll go from joy not being a three-letter word with no importance, but being a core piece of your life. So I hope you enjoyed this. I want to remind you that we can only be ourselves. And by embracing all myself, I have had um, such more success having the Courage to Be Seen. I encourage you to check out my website, couragebeseen.com. You can find out more about me and my coaching program, my contact information. Let me know if there's anything uh, that you would like to have me specifically talk about. If you have any questions from this episode, I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, I hope you have a great day and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. 
I hope you've been inspired to take action on at least one thing starting today. To learn more, check out CourageToBeSeen.com. There you'll find my blog and additional resources, including you can download a copy of 10 Ways to Live a More Courageous Life. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in next time to learn additional ways to have the courage to be seen in your own life. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. I got to tell you, I am really thrilled about John Jordan joining us here today for a lot of reasons. You know, many of you heard me talk about my corporate career. You know, that career was the head of organizational development for a Fortune 50 company. But what does that even mean? And what were some of the most frustrating things that we saw as new talent arrived? Well, I got to tell you, John Jordan is the head of the Academy at Bank of America, the company's global learning and professional development organization. And I got to tell you, they're getting it right. Because if we don't bring this learning, this development back, our future will be filled with people that don't have the skills they need to excel and to help the organization rise up. John, thanks for joining me here today. Uh, I love that we're talking about professional development in the new normal and that we're actually still talking about it. How about you? I love it. It is a a subject that's near and dear to obviously to my heart, but to I think everyone's heart as they're considering their own development and uh, how do they grow coming into 2022 and into the future. I want to talk with you a minute about the Academy, but I also want to talk with you about what's underneath the inspiration and the passion to do this. Uh, Companies have been faced with enormous challenges. And if there's one thing I think that our company learned is that we have to help people continue to learn. What is it that you have seen in the past that has shaped the way you're going to address learning and development and in the future? Well, I'll tell you just a personal side note. I mean, my career was largely in the field in our organization, meaning leading teammates in financial centers or in our wealth management business. Uh, I've also led uh, analytics organizations and client experience. And the one thing that's common across all jobs and all uh, types of roles is people want to be successful and they want to be good at their job. They want to wake up in the morning and and think that that they're proud to work at the company that they're at and to make sure that they feel cared for at the company. So as, as that is a foundation, I've really been focusing on within the academy and my team is fully focused on this, listening to employees and understanding what it is that they need 
and then investing in ways to help them get there. And that has meant everything from a very hands-on approach to learning with coaching and mentorship, uh, as well as a new focus on virtual capabilities. Uh, as you know, the world has changed and it's gone very virtual. And so we've had to adapt the way that we help people learn by, by investing in technology and, and learning new ways to deliver it virtually. You know, you're, you're so right about that. I mean, there are things that have gone virtual and have gone digital uh, in the past couple of years where even in their declaration of guidelines, they swore they would never do that. But you're right. When, when an organization and a very large organization realizes that we have to do something different, boy, you have to adapt or you will not make it, right? Isn't that really what's on the line in so many ways for people? Absolutely. I mean, being adaptable has been kind of the, the theme of the world these past few years uh, because things change so rapidly, and that absolutely applies to our jobs. Uh, we've had to reskill tens of thousands of employees to do different functions during the pandemic, and it's actually opened our eyes to what's possible. And I think that some of these virtual tools that now me and almost everyone in the world are using around video conferences, things that I never used really before, have become commonplace and people have become more comfortable with them. And there's new technologies coming online with virtual reality and simulators and artificial intelligence that are even enabling us to take training to the next level to help people really understand what it takes to be successful mm -hmm. and, and to have a lot of practice reps before they take a job uh, and actually have opportunities to work with clients. So before we run out of time here, because I know these are really short goods and news segments, uh, you know, you're, you're coming to us here talking about, you know, some of the great things you've done at Bank of America. How do people find out more? How do they tap into what we're discussing here in a short period of time? So bankofamerica.com has a great set of resources. You can learn about the Academy. Uh, we've got a big social media presence on LinkedIn and Twitter where our employees are talking about some of the opportunities that they have. Uh, and then we've got Better Money Habits, which is a partnership we created with Khan Academy that helps people understand everything from how to balance their checkbook to how to better understand their credit score. So I'd encourage your listeners to check out those resources as well. Let's hop over to leadership for a minute. Um, something that it's near and dear to me, both from an academic and a research perspective, but also from a living perspective. Um, the word leadership doesn't even come close to um, addressing what Peter Drucker addressed back then when he was the guru of that. We are now looking at a future and future leaders. What do you want to talk with us about in terms of leaders, leadership, development, and what is most important in this area to you all? Well, there's so much. We've invested quite a bit in an enterprise manager development series for the, the thousands of managers that we have here, because to your point, uh, it is so important. That's really where the rubber meets the road. And I would say if your listeners could focus on just a couple of areas uh, to, to get better in this coming year and in their futures, learning about people. I mean, empathy skills are going to be more important than ever before. We're leading in a very diverse uh, world. Uh, people come from all different kinds of backgrounds. And so gaining empathy for uh, the, all the different types of people that are going to be working on your team has never been more important. And there's a lot of resources out there around helping people understand uh, other individuals. We've invested a large curriculum in, under, in empathy skills and understanding different life stages and different needs of, of our employees. That's a critical piece. 
And the second piece is adaptability and flexibility and just knowing that things are going to change quickly. So as a leader, you've got to be able to evolve and change quickly as well. You know, focus on your employees and invest in them in the ways that are going to help them be most successful every single day. You know, a lot to talk about. I want to ask you this because I know we have a few minutes left. What are you most excited about when you think about this and you think about your position and the role you play and how you look ahead? You know, what are the trends you're most excited about? What are the areas that you're developing in the organization that you're most excited about for 2022? There's a lot. I mean, I I believe that with 200,000 employees at this company, we Mm -hmm. truly can change the world. And so the opportunity to equip that organization with skills that are going to help them better deliver for our clients, uh, to grow their careers and provide for themselves and for their families, to be more fulfilled in the purposes that they have, that's really exciting to me. Um, But I'm also really excited in this new technology that we're able to, to learn from I mentioned virtual reality. To me, that is that's a large, large part of the future will will be will play out in the virtual world. And so, as we roll out virtual reality into all of our channels, I'm really excited to learn from that and to see where could it go next. Because I think with any innovation, you don't necessarily even know exactly where it will go. But uh, we have a big vision for it, and we know that it's going to help equip our employees to be successful. So last question, Uh, I want to know your personal message. I want to know what you'd like to leave us with. But, you know, for people listening to this, employees listening to this, they may not even know the right question to ask their employers about training. You know, what what kind of advice can you leave us with today? It's a great question. I think that, you know, one of the most important things for a potential uh, employee is to figure out if it's a great, are you going to work for a great company? Is it mm-hmm. a great place to work? Do they care about you? Uh, are you going to be successful? Uh, will you be proud to work there? I mean, those are foundational questions. And as it pertains to learning, you know, make sure that during the interview process, you're researching the company and talking to employees and reading feedback to understand uh, are you getting mentored? Do you have access to learning? Do you, are you given time to learn? Because those pieces uh, are critical if you're going to have a culture of ongoing growth and career development. Uh, you can ask them how many positions are filled internally. Um, for us, that has really shifted over these past several years as we, we've really focused on internal talent to fill our top roles. And I think that if you want to grow with a, with a company, you need to know how much opportunity is there to, to gain responsibilities and new skills uh, because of an internal focus. Yeah, even in a volatile employment recruiting situation, I will tell you all of my research points to organizational commitment. And that comes from doing things for your people. John, thank you so much for today. Again, give out that website. Bankofamerica.com, and thank you so much for the time today. Uh, Everybody, look, if you don't know the questions to ask your boss, it doesn't matter. There are no right or wrong questions. You're asking for personal growth. You're asking to develop. And in turn, you're asking to contribute to your organizational's health and well-being and your career. Thank you, everybody. Let's take a short break. We'll see you next time.
everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you join us for a good news segment. You know, over time, we have talked about the many, many shades of breast cancer. We've done it early on 18 years ago. And today we're talking about innovation. We're talking about technology. We're talking about importance. And we're also celebrating, if we can celebrate, October as Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And why would we celebrate this? We would celebrate it because today we're talking about the progress we are making. Uh, Solomon Muscovich is joining me here today, MBA GM of Oncology at Natera. And the reason that Solomon is joining us here today is because the journey, the journey that Solomon is taking is one of high responsibility and responsibility for looking at oncology, for looking at what is going on in oncology, for looking at how we can move forward with technology that enables us to take a snapshot of who we are, what we're capable of, and what we're at risk for. And that's the basis for a great conversation with Solomon today. Solomon, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I remember the first show I did on this was so many years ago, uh, talking about breast cancer. Uh, and of course, it is a conversation that happens because usually somebody close to, to oneself uh, has been affected by it. But I fast forward to where we are today. And I would like for you to give people that have not been on the pulse of this an update. Where are we? Where are we statistically with breast cancer, and then we'll talk about what you're most excited about. Where are we? What's the state of the union here about breast cancer? Wonderful. So uh, about 280,000 women will be diagnosed uh, this year with breast cancer, and uh, statistics suggest that one out of every eight women are likely to be diagnosed at some point in their lifetime. That's about 13%. Uh, there are some people who are at increased risk for getting breast cancer, and that may be because of a family history or because they inherited a DNA mutation in one of their genes, uh, in a breast cancer gene, that can increase that risk up to as high as 87% for being diagnosed with breast cancer or ovarian cancer and other cancers. Um, over the past uh, couple of decades, the screening uh, s methods have improved significantly. So people are recommended to get an annual mammogram starting at the age of 45 uh, in order to detect the cancer as early as possible if it's going to happen. And for people who are at increased risk, who are a carrier of the gene that I mentioned, uh, those women are recommended to get an annual MRI as well as an annual mammogram starting at a much earlier age. Mm. And I think the key to all of this is early detection. You know, and that's what I'm here to talk yeah. about because early detection you know, makes a difference. We have proven now that people who are diagnosed with stage one or two disease uh, can frequently overcome that disease and survive for many years uh, and it's really about early detection. 
And, you know, that leads me to what we're talking about today in the Tara, of course. And I want to make sure people know how they can find out more. I want to make sure everybody goes to the website. Um, and, um, you know, Solomon, what I have is natera.com, N-A-T-E-R-A.com. Is that still correct? That's absolutely right. Natera.com. Okay. And the reason I want to send everybody there is because I love research. I love when people do research and I love when then they share the research. And, you know, here's what I love about this. When you go there, you're going to find enough information so that you can be on the pulse of what Solomon lives and breathes every day. Why? Because Solomon, you nailed it. Early detection. That is what gives women a peace of mind. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? That, that idea that we are now in a position to have early detection. Isn't that what you're finding as you do these interviews and you speak to people and you speak to women, right? Uh, totally agree. Natera is an innovator in medical diagnostics and genetic testing. And our mission is to enable earlier detection to inform difficult medical decisions uh, for people with cancer or for people uh, who are wondering about their risk. Um, so one of the things that I'm very excited to talk about today is that there's a new technology uh, to help detect breast cancer recurrence for somebody who's already been diagnosed with a cancer. And uh, this is new technology that was uh, introduced by Natera about two years ago uh, and is really changing how cancer is managed, not only in breast cancer, but across all solid tumor types, including colorectal cancer, mm. lung cancer, bladder, and more. And we've proven that uh, Natera's test can detect recurrence up to two years earlier than standard diagnostics with very high accuracy. You know, the next question that people ask is, and this is really an important question, and I'm and, and probably not for this particular interview, but there is a reason to be interested in early detection. Can we talk about that for a minute? Other than my comment on sort of the the freedom, right, that you get from that, you know, give us the, um, what, how should I call it? Give us the upswing on what early detection does for women. Yes, I'm happy to. You know, yeah. I think it comes down to knowledge is power. So oh, if, boy. if you have a chance to detect something and be aware of a problem earlier, you know, before, in, in the case of cancer, before it has spread to other parts of the body, you have a significantly higher chance of intervening and curing that disease. And that's true if you've never had a breast cancer diagnosis, but it's also true for somebody who has had a diagnosis and is worried about recurrence. Because even though October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, you know, for those who have been diagnosed or who have a loved one who have been diagnosed with cancer, it's not about awareness. It's about uh, living under a cloud of anxiety for a long time to know about whether the cancer is coming back. And you have to know about what tools and technologies are available to help improve your chances. As you do these interviews and as you step out in the world, clearly this is something you're passionate about. What touched your heart to point you in this direction, Solomon? And there's always a story behind a story. I know I call this a good news segment, and it really is. But, you know, people want to know when you're out talking about something that is so important and innovative. We also want to know what's going on in your heart. Tell us about that. I would be happy to. I, I, uh, I 
stumbled into the field of medical diagnostics uh, just over 10 years ago, uh, uh, working on a project uh, with a brilliant physician scientist uh, at Stanford University. And uh, about five years later, uh, when I was at Natera, uh, my father was diagnosed with a, a cancer of the esophagus. It was stage three. Uh, and he was treated with you know, everything available, uh, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and surgery. And we were always very worried about his cancer coming back. And in fact, it did come back. Uh, and uh, we started tracking my dad's blood with, uh, with Natera's new test called Signatera. And uh, we realized that very quickly that uh, the, the test could pick up recurrence, in his case, a year earlier than scans. He had multiple negative CT scans uh, where the Natera's blood test was picking up the cancer. And, uh, and I really believe it made a difference for him. And so that's, that's had a big impact on my life. Uh, and I, and I want to share that story with, with everybody. And everybody should know about this new technology that, that can help get ahead of a recurrence. Um, let's talk technology, but first let me thank you for sharing that because, you know, behind coming out here and people may not know this, they, they hear these short segments, but they don't know Solomon that, you know, you commit to days of doing these interviews to bring the message out. Um, let's talk for a minute about, uh, Natera. Let's talk for a minute about what this testing is about, because usually when you say testing to people, all every fear about this shows up. But let's talk about what these tests are, how they're available for folks, because women need to know what to ask for. You know what I'm saying? So give us right. what is the technology? Tell us about this and let's get let's give women language so they know what to ask for. Great. So these are I'm going to tell you about two different tests. They're both blood tests, which is great because they're non-invasive. Um, the first test uh, that's offered by Natera is the Empower test, and that's the one that looks for an inherited gene mutation. Uh, now, this is a, a change in the DNA that one would have inherited from one's parents, uh, which confers increased risk of cancer. So we talked about that, and that's a mutation that will be present in every cell in the body. Uh, it doesn't mean you necessarily will get cancer, but it does increase the risk, as I mentioned. Now, there's a second test, that's the newer one, and that's called Signatera. And the way that works is it looks for a signature of mutations that were only present in the tumor. And it looks for that signature and traces of the tumor DNA in the blood. And that's really brand new. It's remarkable the way that test works because every patient gets a personalized test custom built just for them based on the mutations that Natera saw in the tumor. And then Natera looks for those traces in a blood sample. And Natera can detect even a single molecule of tumor DNA in a tube of blood. And that's what enables that detection, you know, up to two years earlier. And part of this, too, is, you know, bringing this message. And one of the reasons, Solomon, you're doing these interviews is to, one, demystify this, right? Uh, and what I mean by demystify it, because one of the hardest things to do, especially 
for women and even to have a conversation around breast cancer, right? It is the two words that no woman really wants to hear. But what you're doing is helping us understand what the technology is so we can really take back the power of our health, right? And know the right questions and know the latest innovations. I mean, isn't this part of why you're doing these interviews beyond breast cancer awareness? This is breast cancer you know, in advance awareness so that people can really feel empowered about knowing this, right? I totally agree. Uh, and, and people should know also this is, even though this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, these tests that I described, in particular the Signatera Cancer Recurrence Test, it's not only for breast cancer. We've proven that, uh, that the Signatera test works in colorectal cancer, in lung cancer, in bladder cancer, and really across solid tumor types to detect recurrence much, much earlier than it becomes visible on a scan. And that's really about getting a jump on, on the cancer coming back if it is going to come back and having a chance at a curative intervention. But for most people, for most people, the cancer really is gone. And, and this test, if it's negative, can bring enormous peace of mind. You know, I know you're going off to go do uh, other interviews, and we've talked about a lot. I want to ask you this in, in, in closing. One, please let folks know about how they can find out more, and then also what they'll find when they get there, if you could do that. And then I'd love to know your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with today, Solomon. I'd be happy to. So, uh, first of all, talk to your loved ones. Talk to your doctor about the Natera tests. And educate yourself. Visit our website. That's natera.com, N-A-T-E-R-A.com. There's lots of information there, including peer-reviewed published, published studies showing how the tests have, uh, are, are working across different cancer types. And finally, in terms of my own message, you know, I think that there's an opportunity to protect yourself, take charge, uh, and know about the tools that are available to you and to your loved ones to protect yourself. Solomon, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you for bringing this out there for people. And thank you all for tuning us in. We're going to take a short break. Please get educated, get informed. It will open up the pathway for the action that you personally can see to take. We'll be right back. expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Are you ready to shift your life into overdrive and stop wasting your time? If so, then I want to invite you right now to the Body Regeneration Online Academy with me, Tracy L. In a world filled with so much information, you can get overloaded and confused, left feeling like you've tried everything and still no results. If this is you, 
that this platform is for you to help you step into your power, your intuition, and gain clarity. You will learn simple tools that you can use as you walk down the street, and I will teach you how to grow a stronger connection to the God consciousness. Imagine having me as your coach, shifting you, uplifting you, empowering you every week, and most of all, helping you stay connected so you can navigate your life's journey with ease and grace. Nothing will be able to get in your way. Plus, you will have a community filled with souls just like you to pick you up when you fall down and support you on your wins. No one can go this journey alone. If you are ready for your live activations, check me out at tracylclark.com and join the TLC Body Regeneration Online Academy now.